Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. A very familiar face. Well, I guess it would be a voice for all of you. Uh, Kristen DeAngelis joins us today. Kristen is a registered dietitian, a Reboot with Joe dietitian, registered yoga instructor, as well as a Roots, excuse me, a Roots Reboot dietitian. Um, this is her, we, we calculated it out. It's her fifth appearance, which I think earns her the award for the most appearances on Fitness Scanner Podcast. It gets you absolutely nothing except for like my applause. <laughs> so that's it. But if you want to learn more about Kristen, I urge you to go back to episodes 21, uh, 50, 66, and 77. I'll, I'll have all that posted in the show notes. So Kristen, thanks for joining us again. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show again. Yeah, this is, this is starting to become a, regular, a regularly irregular thing. <laughs> like we're always talking like we gotta do it again we gotta do it again and like six months goes by and it's like hey let's have another podcast but uh, i get a lot of good feedback from it because it's one thing that um you know as a personal trainer i get qu- asked questions a lot about nutrition and i i'm extremely vague with all of my um nutrition advice you know i i like to tell people i'll give people choices and they make that choice and it's like good i'm hands off so i like to outsource to to people like you especially you um, and so one thing that you and I talked about was this idea of emotional eating uh, versus hunger eating. And uh, in particular, like I brought it up as stress eating because that's usually what I know it as. And when I think of stress, I think of stress as almost like an umbrella. There's stress, there's good stress and bad stress, but no matter what, your body kind of still perceives stress as stress. Um, whether you recognize, oh man, I'm so happy. This is like a, a good move in my life or I achieved something and you know, you're, it's overwhelming, but it's still good. It's in a good section of your life or it's in a bad section. So we've all been there. We've all, uh, I think as a, as a whole, as humans, it's like one thing that everybody does, they celebrate with food and whether it's with other people or whether if, if it's by yourself, there are good connections and bad connections. So that's about where I draw my line. <laughs> that's about it for me. But um, so I wanted to touch base with you to get your perspective on what this idea of um, stress eating is, and we can kind of uh, dive into that. So um, tell us a little bit about what you what you have working on with that. Yeah. So I mean, right back to what you said. I just kind of want to identify for people, like if you were to literally close your eyes and draw like a timeline of your life. And I do this sometimes with some of my clients. And I think, you know, write down anything that monumental comes to mind, right? Uh, Getting married, getting a job, losing a job, having a child, losing a, a parent. And that's like what you just mentioned to Eric was like, there's positive and negative stressors in our lives. And that's you stress and distress. So stress is that positive stress. It's, you know, allowing for personal growth. It's, you know, pushing you to get that deadline done and, you know, you're going to grow in that process. 
um, you know, training for a race right before that race, like you have a lot of anxiety and, but that's positive stress. It's pushing you to, to do your best. Right. But the distress is where kind of those negative behaviors, uh, start to get impacted and start to cascade into, you know, a downward spiral type thing. So what I was kind of, and I think when we're looking at this is like what you said is like stress is always going to be in our life. So it's how do we handle stress and how do we have stress resilience? How do we identify that we even are stressed out and how we're feeling? Um, so that's what I kind of wanted to practice today was kind of like walk through the steps in how I would handle this with a client. And that way, you know, whoever's listening is kind of kind of do that on their own too. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, let's do this. I'm nervous and excited all at the same time. It's very, <laughs> very stressful for me. <laughs> so, so the first piece is like when we're talking about stress eating um, mm-hmm. or just eating a drug, I mean, we want to be aware. First of all, just aware of this eating environment because, again, we're like 60% on autopilot where we don't even realize how many times our hand is going to that, you know, candy jar as we walk by in the office. Yeah. So. The first piece is being aware. Um, And to do that is I like to bring up this idea of the hunger continuum. So it's a really helpful tool. Um, This new word of like intuitive eating is now coming into play. Um, And the hunger continuum is a really helpful tool to help us practice getting back to intuitive eating, more mindful and aware of our eating and what we're doing. So I want you to imagine that, you know, we're drawing a line. Okay. We're going to say something? No, no, no. I'm like okay. getting my head getting my head ready. Get, getting the head ready. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, so imagine, okay, so there's a line and I'm writing this out with most of my clients and I put 10 on one end okay. and one on the other end. Okay. So 10 would be extremely full and one would be extremely empty. So think like Thanksgiving day versus <sighs> I haven't eaten in three days. Okay. All right. Got so, it. So Eric, for you, what mm-hmm. does a 10 feel like in the body? What does a 10 feel like in the body? Um, t- 10 feels, if I, was, if I was that level, it would feel miserable. The first thing that pops into my head is very uncomfortable, um, probably disappointed in myself a little bit that I, you know, I didn't take more control over, over my own eating, which... I think I like to do a pretty good job at and um but if I had to sum it up like one word I would say I would say disappointing. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's helpful actually to like say as many words as come to mind. So there's kind of like the emotional mental piece like disappointed, mm-hmm. upset, maybe there's like guilt or shame sometimes and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So there's kind of like this emotional piece. Um, maybe go into a little bit more detail, like physically, how okay. else does your body feel? Probably, probably, uh, like I said, uncomfortable, probably bloated. Um, I have felt nauseous before, you know, when you like overindulge, maybe like just going off the wagons on a food, like a one particular food. Um, maybe, maybe that little bit, maybe this kind of combines with, um, uh, bloated, but like dehydrated sometimes. You can get that dehydrated feeling in your mouth, really like a chalky taste in your mouth. Um, that feeling of like you're going to physically be sick. Like you you feel like your ab is distended and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what I just did. But um, uncomfortable keeps coming to mind because that yeah. that's you, you feel like I can't get up and walk around, but if I lay down, I still feel disgusting. 
I'm just going to go to sleep. Maybe sleepy. That's another good one. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, I think those probably about do it. Yeah. And, and for anyone who's listening, I think automatically it takes us two <clears throat> seconds to be able to identify, oh, I know what 10 feels like. Lethargic, sleepy, nauseous. It's hard to breathe because my, you know, the stomach's pressing into my diaphragm. Oh, yeah. The buttons are <laughs> popping. Like, you know, there's all those types of things. So that's, you know, pretty easy to identify. So 10, mm-hmm. bad face on that end. Okay, let's go zoom over to the other end and think okay. of zero. So what does zero feel like physically? If I'm completely on empty, I'm feeling foggy headed, um, maybe a little dizzy, um, not quite as alert. Uh, well, it's hard. This is a hard one for me because I, and I don't want to like, because I, you know, I, I do so much fasting, but if it's like three days, I don't know what that feels like. So it's hard for me. But, um, if I get like really like those, if I, I'm probably irritated, you know, if I, if I, that's the only thing on my brain, I'm probably irritated, not very pleasant to be around, maybe a little snarky, maybe snippy. Um, I'm probably lethargic again, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that kind of pops into my head. I could be lethargic if I don't have the right kind of fuel, I guess, for a long period of time. Um, anxious, maybe distracted. Yeah. yeah. These, so these are all, and, and again, zero is for most, for a lot of people also really easy to identify with. It's like almost sometimes similar to 10 of like, I feel nauseous. I mm. feel weak. I feel lethargic. Some people are going to feel, I feel really, really dizzy anxious is like, you know, maybe I'm even past anxious that like, I don't even feel like I can think. Yeah. So I like to play these out because we can usually identify those, but now comes the hard question. So what does a seven feel like in your body? Oh, my seven. Okay. So I'm a little past. So I'm, I'm, I feel like that would still be on the getting close. See, I, okay. All right, I'm not trying try not to overthink. I feel like it would be, because I'm, I'm telling, I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, I'm telling somebody, okay, on a, on a scale from one to 10, 10 being you're about to pass out, how's this exercise feel? If I'm at a seven, um, I'm probably still kind of uncomfortable, but I'm not, um, I'm not to that point of where I feel bloated necessarily, but maybe I know that I've overdone it. Um, I feel like I would probably be a little sick to my stomach, maybe, it, but a lot of the other things kind of fall off. I feel like uncomfortable is still the biggest thing that comes to mind. Interesting. That's actually really interesting. So like if we look on a scale from one to 10, five is neutral, meaning I'm not thinking either way. I feel like I, I am, you know, I'm okay. Seven actually is what we want to be eating up towards. Seven is more of like a satisfied feeling. It's like, I've got enough energy in me. I feel like I'm not, you know, thinking about food anymore. I could eat a few more bites. It's like, you know, I just finished dinner and I want to go back for that second helping. But I'm like, you know, I'm satisfied. I feel like I have energy and I feel like this could get me another four hours down the road. if I need. Okay. Like maybe my, my, my idea of that was around that five where I was like neither here nor there. So I was thinking like middle of the road. So I was thinking like maybe I'm seven would be like a little bit beyond um, middle of the road, but I can, I can see, I can see what, like what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. So a seven is like very satisfied. I could have okay. another few bites, um, but I think I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight, an eight would be, Oh, I think I ate like two or three bites too many. 
Nine is like, oh my gosh, I really like shouldn't have had that second piece of cake. And 10 is like out the door. I feel this, you know, maybe twice a year and I hate it. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of walking up that scale. So that, so that in that number seven area, I, I can recognize very specific times where I have been like, oh man, I feel really good, but it's usually when I'm slowing down, paying attention to what I'm eating. Maybe I'm having conversation with somebody and the, the eating naturally just stopped. And then I looked down at my plate and I'm like, uh, yeah, I could have another bite, but I feel pretty good. And then I can either go out for a walk or, you know, do something moderately active and still be okay. I'm still focused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then I feel like it's also, that'd be like in the decision-making part where if somebody came up and said a couple hours later, Hey, do you want to go get some ice cream or, you know, something like that? I, I could have the, I'd have the opportunity to say, yeah, that sounds okay. Or, you know, no thanks. So it's kind of a, a, a balance. So, okay. So yeah, so we talked about seven and again, seven is like a satisfied feeling. Mm-hmm. I have energy to sustain me. Now we're going to go back down the scale and look at okay. a three. So we, we identified a zero. What does a three feel like in your body? Mm, geez. Okay. No, no, I feel like I'm all messed up because I think a seven's a five and a five's a seven. Um, this is good though. Cause this is really, I just talked to a client literally 15 minutes ago and she was getting kind of confused and okay. well, eating enough or, um, let's see a three. If, if zero is I'm, I'm lightheaded, I'm, I'm, I'm agitated. Don't overthink it. I, I can't help it. I can't help overthink it. I kind of think like a, a three might be um, very similar to a seven in in the case that like I I'm not sick. I feel like I could eat a little. I could eat a little more um, and be content, mm-hmm. or or maybe I I could go. Well, you if I go the opposite it. direction, I'm going to be, like, yeah, yeah I'm like, going to, I could, I could push it if I needed to. I'm going to eat, I mean, I could eat a little bit more, um, but it's not necessary or I could eat enough till I could, that would be like, a, I'd eat enough to where all of those symptoms of a zero went away. Well, uh, yeah, again, so we're just identifying like, what does a three feel like in the body? And often this is hard to identify. Mm-hmm for most people because it's kind of the feeling of like, again, we're thinking of a gas tank. That's basically what we're doing. We're just thinking of a gas tank. So it's like your gas tank just hit that kind of close quarter mark where you're like, ooh, I think I could get home, but I probably should just go to the gas tank to fill up before <laughs> yeah. I, you know, whatever. So again, we're just trying to identify like, well, well, how do we know where that gas gauge is? And so that's helpful to kind of run through well, I think my, my energy is starting to like slow down a little bit. Maybe there's something, maybe there's like a little gurgly feeling in my stomach. There's, there's something that just feels a little bit more empty there. Um, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's four o'clock and I'm going to get home at five and have dinner. And I, I think I can push it but I really, I really think I might just do better with like a snack before I leave the office. Cause you know, who knows, it could be a couple hours. And, and, and what that does is it helps to identify what, what we just did is kind of like, we identified a one, a 10, mm-hmm. a three and a seven. So those are kind of like markers so that we can remind ourselves before a meal after a meal, even like sporadically throughout the day, asking ourselves objectively, how am I feeling? 
Yeah. And what off and, and really we don't, we, we don't too often want to go above a seven and we never really want to get below a three because oftentimes when we get below a three, you know, we're getting to a two We're saying, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really starting to hit that. I'm hangry right now. Like two, (laughs) two, I get hangry. I get anxious. I get upset. And, but I'm still like manageable and calm. I'm kind of like, okay, Dan, I'm a, I'm a two. Like we got 30 minutes and I'm going to get, you don't want to see me at a one. (laughs) Right. Um, and again, it's really helpful to like put a number on it because you don't have to feel bad or guilty or shameful. Like this is part of the experience. Like we're all going to always kind of play through those numbers. We're, we're not going to be at, you know, a pleasant seven forever. Right. Um, and on the flip side, you know, you can, you can, and I'm sure that you did this when you first started fasting, when you were kind of in those uncomfortable stages of like, I'm also not going to be at this two forever. Like when I'm, you know, complaining to Dan and saying, I need to get food now. It's like, okay, be calm. (laughs) Um, But the reason why, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But the reason that this is helpful, and this is back to kind of the, I want to say it was like the second episode that we did, maybe episode 70, 77, maybe, but it was on blood sugar regulation. Right. Yep. And when we talk about that blood sugar wave, all we're doing is we're ticking between three to seven. So we're eating up to a seven after about three to four hours, it goes back down and hopefully we're aware of, Hey, I think I'm at a three again. I need to eat. So that way we can eat enough to get up to a seven. Now what often happens is we think that like a 200 calorie protein bar is going to do it for a meal to get us up to seven. And oftentimes it doesn't. And then we get really angry at ourselves for being all the way, you know, having cravings and, and, and physical hunger an hour or two later. Right. So again, we have to kind of ask ourselves, like, did I tick up to seven or did I only tick up to five? Or on the flip side, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying this meal, but I feel okay. I feel good. I feel satisfied. I could go for a walk or do work and I would feel fine versus if you have too much and you just feel more tired when you go back to work. That's kind of like, uh, I went over the seven. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think like being aware of those kind of things is what most people, you know, they're just aware of like the, the immediate, there's no question about it. either I am hungry or I'm not hungry. There's no where in that continuum am I. Mm-hmm. Right. So what we just did is we identified physical hunger. Okay. So when I'll give you the example, I had a client the other day and she came in and I talked to her, it was four o'clock in the afternoon. Now she has a very stressful job and she came to sit down and we're talking and I asked her when we started, I said, what's your, what's your hunger rating? And she says, I don't know, maybe a five, kind of like that neutral, right? It's like, I'm not really thinking about it, I think. Well, the more that we talk, then I find out, wait a second, it's four o'clock and you haven't eaten anything since 8 a.m. this morning and you had like a coffee. Um, I think she had like a coffee and a bagel or something. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, okay, put your stuff down. We're going to just do a little exercise, okay? So we're going to do this exercise now. Okay. Okay? Right. So I know it's going to seem a little weird. 
Um, but whoever's listening, if you can follow along <laughs> and I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. Take a big breath in through your nose and then breathe it out through your mouth. Good. All right. Then I want you to put your right hand on your belly and your left hand on your chest or your heart. Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to kind of check in your hand on your belly is signifying that physical hunger. It's kind of like that hunger continuum, one to 10. And then your hand on your heart is kind of like more emotional or stress. And I want you to just be aware of, you know, uh, uh, emotionally, mentally, how are you feeling? Is there, is there boredom, frustration, stress, worry, anxiety, joy? Um, maybe we don't even know how we're feeling inside until we really do this check-in more emotionally. Um, and then with your hand on your belly, I want you to now think, okay, on a scale from one to 10, how do I physically feel? So leaving that emotional part, that stress part aside, physically in my body, we just talked about a lot of the different symptoms or, or places in the body that you might feel. Um, how might we, might we feel? And then I gently want you just to take another breath in and out. Good. And then um, open up your eyes. So Eric. Um, yes. Physically, what is your rating on a scale from one to 10 right now? I would say it's about a six. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, now, what's interesting is that client that I was sharing just a moment ago, she came in and we didn't do that exercise right off the bat, but she was like, I'm a five. We go into talking and I realized, oh, you haven't eaten for several hours since 6 a.m. and now it's 4 p.m. You haven't had anything to eat. You had a really stressful day and you're telling me that you're a five. And now after we did that breath exercise, she said, oh, I'm actually like a two. I'm going to be a one pretty soon. Oh, wow. And so it's like mind blowing because, because then we're able to identify, oh, for you, your craving is a physical hunger. We hmm. need to get you eating on a consistent basis. Like that's step one. Now, if we were do, to do that on the flip side, say, you know, she just ate something and an hour later, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm looking through the pantry. I'm having a bite of this. I'm looking for this. Uh, you keep going and you keep like opening up these pantry doors and you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know what yeah. I'm looking for. Right. I know exactly what you mean. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, um, that is not physical hunger. That is emotional hunger. Yeah. So it's back to trying to identify first off being aware, is it physical or emotional hunger? When we do that check in with our hand on our heart and our hand on our, in our, on our belly, we're able to identify, okay, physically I feel okay. Emotionally. Ugh, I think that that's why I was feeling hungry. Yeah. And what's funny about that is like when you were discussing everything before you did that uh, activity and, you know, give me the number continuum, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about how I felt emotionally, but then when you actually told me to think about where my hand placement was, I associated that with, okay, my stress level and down here was my hunger level. 
-hmm. And then I started thinking like, you know, how do you feel emotionally? Would you have something going on? And I started thinking, well, yeah, after you and I finish up, I have another call to jump on. I know what that's going to entail. Then after that, I have a couple things to do. And then when you talked about um, my right hand being on my stomach, then I thought about the meal I had right before we jumped on this phone call. You know, how much did I have? And, and uh, you know, was I satisfied? Did I go over a little too much? What did I eat exactly? How much liquid I actually had? Because I had, you know, a couple of drinks here. Drinks. I'm not boozing right now. I'm having LaCroix. But you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. actually, phys- I put, um, I disconnected the two mm-hmm. and really thought about it separately, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric, that's like a great point because so often um, if you have a habit of like, when I'm anxious, I grab a piece of chocolate or when I'm stressed, I grab a bag of chips. So then we get really confused and we think anxiety is chips or boredom is chocolate or whatever that emotion is. And so the hunger continuum in in the hand on heart, hand on belly is helping to separate and so that you can say, oh, it's not a physical hunger. It's really, I need to address this root cause of stress, anxiety, worry, whatever that is. Yeah. So w- when you're in the midst of something like that, what's the, what's the best, re- unless you still have more of the, I don't want to jump in front no, of you. No, no. Yeah, that's good. But like, what's the, uh, what's the correct way to go about it if you can't recognize the two, or maybe you do recognize, how do you divert yourself? So uh, two parts. So let's start with just, you know, the identification, physical hunger, it comes on slowly. Um, You, when you're physically hungry, anything sounds good. So if you're physically hungry at nine o'clock at night, broccoli would sound great. It doesn't even matter what food it is. Physical hunger is, I just need to eat something. Um, whereas emotional hunger is usually to one specific food. It comes on really instantly. Um, whereas, you know, the physical is more gradual. So if you're noticing that all of a sudden you don't even know what happened, it's like a snap of your fingers and you instantly need that fried mozzarella stick or whatever it is. Um, that's the first step. The first step is be aware. So first ask yourself, um, is this physical or emotional hunger? Practice the hunger continuum. And then step, step two is if it is emotional, ask yourself, what is the emotion behind this? Mm. So like what you just said is, you know, you have a long to-do list. There's probably some stress on there. Um, I know when I have a long to-do list, it's like, for some reason, my mind does this, but I procrastinate. I'm like, eating is a great way to procrastinate because it's like delaying me from actually doing my work. But you're doing something still. Exactly. Like, yeah. I can't and do it, that because I'm eating. <laughs> and it and it like feels good, right? Because it's hitting like those happy happy chemicals coming out and serotonin receptors, and it's like, ooh, this feels good. Mm-hmm. But it only feels good for the thirty seconds or the five minutes that you're eating something, and then we're right back where we started. Yeah. And we go right back to our desk, and then we're like, ooh, I think I want another cookie, right? Because we're <laughs> right. right back to where we started. We're we're procrastinating or we're dealing with our stress. So that's what I kind of wanted to bounce some different ideas off of. Um, Now, how do we get into like addressing the stress? How can we um, find other ways to kind of like delay and distract us? Um, Yeah, exactly. How can we substitute different um, things instead of food, like substituting? 
um, and just practicing. It, it's going to be a habit though. Cause so if it is just an overall habit that you have for eating at night or grabbing a sweet right after lunch, I mean, it's going to take at least 21 days of consistently every single day of, of replacing that in order to like rewire the brain. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. So, um, I figured we just could kind of like go back and forth of some different things that we like to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. Cool. Yeah. You start. Cool. Um, my favorite thing to do is, and again, I'm going to take it into like the yoga land a little bit is, um, just breathing, um, just different breathing techniques for me. So again, closing my eyes and, um, this is called the four, seven, eight breath where you breathe in on a count to four, you hold for a count of seven, and you exhale to a count of eight. So that's the four, seven, eight breath. You could also do the um, five, seven breath. Any kind of breathing where you're manipulating it, you're counting the breath, and if the exhale is a little bit longer than the inhale, um, it's really helpful for bringing on more of like a relaxation mode, um, inviting like that parasympathetic mode. So for me, um, just like closing my eyes and breathing for literally one breath, even sometimes one breath to help to kind of like center you again. I really like that one. That's a good one. Um, what I've started doing recently is I, I use this app called the five minute journal. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, and, I, and they, I, I know there's, there are better alternatives out there. Like they have a five minute uh, handwritten journal, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but since, you know, I'm, obviously like everybody else tech driven. So I flip open my phone and if, and if I know that I get to write in that I didn't stress eat or uh, at least that I recognized something. And if I get to put that in, it's like uh, you know, three, three amazing things that happened today. Um, didn't, didn't eat that extra RX bar or you know, whatever it is. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. if I get to write that in, I, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel better. And I also use um, another app called habit bull. Um, that's really good. And I, I've got it pulled up here, kind of showing her and I just hit like another, so you can see like all the green oh, yeah, uh, yeah, dots, yeah. all those are my streaks. And that's then, awesome. I, yeah, it's like you write in, I've got a couple of them in there now. Uh, one's about a book reading, one's a, a nutrition based. And so I, if I get to go in and I, I get to tap green, yes, I completed that goal. I like seeing streaks, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm data driven. So I like seeing that, uh, that goal all the way across. So that helps me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, I, I think that that's really helpful. That's back to habits. And I think I did a, we did a podcast on habits too. Yep, sure and, yeah. I'm sure you'll link to that. Yep. Um, I just thought of it cause I'm doing this right now, but tea is like yeah. my favorite thing because there's so many different flavors and types of tea. I, I can't, you, you won't believe this, but I haven't had coffee in six months. That's ridiculous. I know. Um, <laughs> so it was crazy. hard at first, but now like I so much look forward to, I make a matcha tea in the, in the mid morning. I have kind of a coffee alternative tea right now. It's called Ticino. Um, so I think that that's really like soothing and warming, especially on a cold day, you know, holding it into your chest. That's kind of like the soothing part. If you're feeling hmm. lonely, like, holding something warm, uh, again, on that emotion of feeling like lonely. If you have a pet, actually, there's a lot of research yeah. on like this, the therapeutics of 
you know, petting a, a cat or a dog, holding, you know, a nice warm, fuzzy blanket. Um, those things are actually re really, really helpful and therapeutic. Um, also like aromas and smells. I'm a big, a big mm, fan yeah. of incense. Yeah. Is huge. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I know. I know. I got Dan into it though. We have like, but the thing oh, is, like, Dan. Them the wall, like puts them everywhere. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but it, but it always smells great. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the tea thing. I, uh, and I do like tea and I started drinking, um, what is it like that? The sleepy time tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the but, evening. Yeah. I haven't done that in a while, mostly because I, LaCroix has a bunch of new flavors out and I'm, I'm LaCroix obsessed, but, um, you need to I get a sponsorship grab, uh, for real LaCroix hollow. <laughs> um, so I, I've got this one now that's, uh, Palme, uh, what is it? Baya. I have that I one. It's really good. It is really good. So there's, so I have all these, but what I do is, and I don't know what this says, says about me, but, um, I'll take like a rocks glass and I'll throw ice in it and I'll treat it like a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I really will, but I'll, I'll, I'll pour, you know, like, like I'm pouring some bourbon or something and I'll just sip on it. And yeah. that for me, that for me, just holding the rocks glass. And if I'm like doing my reading or doing some research or writing a program or whatever it is, mm -hmm. it, to me, there's something like soothing about just sipping on, um, a different flavor of LaCroix. And I go through LaCroix, man, like cases of it a week. <laughs> I'm sure whatever these natural flavors, whatever this BS is in here, I'm sure it's slowly killing me. But, <laughs> but uh, for me, it's, it's satisfying. It, it, uh, it, it takes away like any kind of um, craving. Cra yeah. Craving afterwards of, of wanting to like munch on something or ha have like an extra helping uh, or maybe even having like bourbon late into the evening. Mm -hmm. Um so if I stop eating at like six thirty or seven o'clock, I can count on Lacroix, and that that to me it does a trick. You sound <laughs> like it's like your best friend. I can count on Lacroix. I can count on Lacroix. <laughs> it's never. It's failed me one time when I came in, and it's like it's Melissa's favorite flavor, and there's one left, and I'm like, damn it, man! Like why? <laughs> The worst is they exploded once in my car when it was fr like it, they froze. Oh, <laughs> okay, hold worst. on a minute. Who has the bigger problem? You're like stocking Lacroix in your car. I, well, I know that you can always grab it. It's great. I know. I know. It's a good idea, actually. Um, no, but that, you know, that brought up the mind, um, brought to mind, I think a lot of people struggle with like late night eating and that's usually just, yeah. I had a stressful day and now I'm relaxing and maybe I'm bored. You know, those are yeah. the three things that like make the perfect storm. Big and time. I like to think of it as like, what's going to be your closer? Um, usually like a dessert is the closer of the meal. So if you can find a different closer, then that's going to help like put a seal on it. And um, everyone's going to have different closers. May, you know, my, you think of a, my grandfather just, you know, he always had a toothpick immediately after he'd always have a toothpick and there's, you know, mint toothpicks or cinnamon toothpicks. Um, this is, this is an interesting one. Dan always does this. I don't even think he realizes it. I mean, he doesn't have any issues with food. Maybe I'm like overly compulsive with always thinking about food. Um, but he, I mean, he religiously takes a shower after, after dinner. I don't know if like it's, he doesn't like this. A, I don't know. Is he a messy um, eater? Like what's his problem? So he no, it's just, knife no, with his it's, hands. Like, it's like part of his like bedtime routine. his face right into his food? Damn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, I think it's just like his uh, like bedtime routine. And, and, but it's really yeah. interesting because it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're like, 
you don't want to eat again right after you kind of like, I don't know. So, yeah. So that's an interesting one. You might think this is really weird, but I, I don't know. This is just me. I think there's a few other weirdos like me, but (laughs) I do the sleepy time tea and I put a little bit of apple cider vinegar in it. Okay. And for some reason, kind of that, man, I like can point it out on my tongue. There's a specific place and it kind of hits. It's like this bitter, not bitter even, like a vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why. I just see, like, if I want a craving of chocolate, if I have that apple cider vinegar in my tea, hmm. it's like, I don't know if I've just associated that closing, but it really works for me. So Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Try it and let me know what you think. I really will. Cause I got, yeah, I've got a, a bunch of tea up there. I'll, have to, I'll do that tonight and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing to go along with uh, the shower thing, actually, that's a really good idea. And it's, uh, I'm just making, I'm just poking fun. But, and I think we've talked about this on another podcast is there, there have been times. So, okay. So this is kind of twofold for me because on the weekends, like, like Sunday through Thursday, um, I try to stay, I don't try to stay, I stay on point. It's very easy for me to stay in routine and I don't have a problem stopping eating at seven o'clock. Like as soon as seven o'clock comes, cool, I'm good. It might've been, might've been an hour before that, but I know that's like my time. Like, cool. All right. Now it's time for me to settle down. My mm-hmm. stomach won't have anything in it. I'll go to bed at like eight forty-five, nine o'clock. Um, but on the weekends, like that Friday night, Saturday night, I'm a little more relaxed. I'm a little more laid back. Um, if I want to have like, you know, some almonds and a chocolate and some blueberries or whatever, or a bourbon a little bit later, I allow myself to do that. It doesn't bother me. But there have been times because of my tracking where I, I sit there and I'm like, okay, I could I can break a streak or set a streak or something, or I could let this fall by the wayside and just have like a cocktail or have something else to eat. And for, for me, if I get up and like I go brush my teeth, you know, like right after a dinner or something, whatever, it's like eight, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, I brush my teeth, I floss, do the whole nine yards, basically get ready for bed. Even if I come back down and I'm up for another two hours, like both of those things, I don't even think about the streak and I don't, I don't think about having something else to eat because like in my mind, I'm already, I'm done. Like that, that was it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a trick that I actually haven't done in a long time because I just I hadn't really thought about it in, in terms of, uh, you know, stopping myself. I don't, I shouldn't have anything else to eat or um, I'm in a depressed place or a sad place or a place where I need to back off a little bit or overly happy. So I'm going to have an extra cocktail <laughs> or whatever, but it's, it, it's a, it's pretty quick. And another cheesy thing that I think maybe a lot of people might do or talk about doing is, um, there have been times where I'll take my dog on an extra walk and he's yeah. like, dad, this is like the 10th walk we've taken today. Like, can we just not do this? <laughs> dad must be real stressed today. <laughs> he's like, well, what the hell do you do? Just have a piece of chocolate cake, bro. <laughs> but, uh, that's, uh, but doing that, like even cause it's a, it's a mile loop. I get that done. I'll, I'll throw on a good podcast and I just take off. And, um, I would say it's a 50, 50 split to be completely honest. Either I'll come back and say that didn't work and I'm going to eat something anyway um, or, or I'll come back and it's very, very, it, it puts things yeah. in a different perspective for me. I, I think that's, what's important is like weighing out, is it a physical or emotional hunger? I'm mm-hmm. aware of it. And if, you know what, if you went for a walk and you're like, I still want that yeah. whatever chocolate thing, then like have it and enjoy it and don't like gobble it up in, you know, two bites, try to like really savor it. 
and don't feel shameful or guilty about it because if we do, then the same thing is going to kind of continue to happen. So really just try to enjoy it. If you're exactly go right. That. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, the, a big, a big thing for me is if I, I can sit and stir too long on, on messing up and I'm noticing that with, uh, you know, some clients that have specifically asked me, Hey, I need you to be my backup. I need you to keep me accountable uh, for eating. And I'll just ask them like, Oh man, I had a really bad day. So I'm like, you know what? That was 24 hours ago, 12 yeah. hours ago. You gotta let it go. Now you were on it today. What'd you have for breakfast today? And they'll tell me, great. Guess what? You're at the gym right now. That's a win. Yeah. You know, what's for lunch? It's this great. You got dinner plans. Boom. It's this awesome. And so getting in the mind frame of, um, of moving forward. And it's not all or nothing. Yeah. Yes. That's it. That's even a better, it's not all or nothing. Yeah. That, that's even a better. I'll, I'll have to uh, link to the show, but I had a client that did a little testimonial and it's just 30 seconds and she's just sharing how like that was the turning point for her that it's not all or nothing. And even she's like, you know what, even if I have, you know, a piece of chocolate, like who says I can't have a piece of fruit with it too? Like who says I can't have a slice of pizza, but I can have my salad too. And, and it's not all or nothing. And you don't even yeah. have to make up for it tomorrow or Monday or the start of the month. You can do it right now. Right. right now. Yeah. It's the, the beating, beating ourselves up for allowing ourselves. And that's another thing I, I think people don't do. We don't allow ourselves to, to enjoy something. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it's part of our, it's, it's unfortunately, it's a part of our culture that we were in this, well, you, I mean, you put it perfectly that the all or, or nothing, but like that, like, like every, every single day has to be a carbon copy of the following that was perfect. Otherwise everything we did is for nothing. And there's, there's no, there's no, no such thing as perfection. No one's perfect. You can't, I, you can't do it. I, I'm, I'm sensing another podcast, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I, I think, I, I think we are. It's just like, it's uh yeah, the whole the whole idea of of um, another thing that comes to mind, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because this could be a really good podcast. Is is the idea of when somebody asks me or probably asks you, well, what can what, you? eat? Yeah, and it's the language. And I do. Yeah. I can. I can eat anything. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do when you go out to this place? I'm like, fucking. I have a burger. Like, what are you talking about? You know. I mean, it's. Yeah. But but it's it's also the idea of of uh, maybe the positions that you and I are in. Mm-hmm. But when somebody but if you have two normal people who one person is trying to change a lifestyle, the other person maybe is looking on the outside from the outside, and they're saying, "Wow, you're making such big strides." Well, you you shouldn't eat this, or you can't eat that now. Oh, I'm going to eat this piece of pizza instead of just of being like, "I can have pizza. I can have one slice or X amount. I don't want to put a, a name or number on it." And I feel good about that. I feel good. I enjoyed it. And it's part of the lifestyle instead of, instead of that little chunk of uh, um, diet or whatever label you want to put on it. Yeah. And it's, oh man, it's like, yeah, it's such a deep topic. And I mean, just right back to that, like hunger continuum that we talked about, it's like, yeah. well, what, what will I eat that will make me feel good and feel satisfied and not push me over to the 10 or not really allow me to to last a, a, a several hours so all foods fit it's ask yourself like how am i feeling if i'm having a craving for something use that craving as information and is the information mm. guiding you that it is a physical hunger or back to is it an emotional hunger 
can that information provide you guidance to how to um, answer that emotional response? So I think we went through a few different ideas, but I, I'll send you um, the two articles on 100 things you can do other than eating and okay. also 101 things to do other than binge eating. Um, awesome. Just a lot of like fun, different ideas, but it's back to just the awareness and addressing that root cause. Yep. Yep. A lot of good information, Kristen, as always. I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Um, if people have any more questions, comments, concerns, where's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so my website, um, you can find me there. It's kristendeangeliswellness.com or I'm also on Instagram at kdwellness. So those two places and you can reach me. I'm doing a lot of fun stuff um, with some other uh, companies and things. So I think that you'll link that in there too. Yep, definitely will. Awesome, Kristen. Well, I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.